you this here was where and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Hey, everybody. You are tuned in to Mutiny Radio. It's 2 o'clock. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. Uh, we're going to have a call, but it's not. It's the AltaCast. <laughs> I mean, what is, what are any of my shows anymore? Um, but you are listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am your host, Pam Benjamin, and we're going to have a call from LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Oh, I miss my friend. I miss my friend. COVID is killing me. I used to have a group of friends, and now they won't see me. And that's fine. I, I can always make new friends, right? Can you in the time of COVID? All right, uh, let's listen to some more commercials. And Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is going to be calling. I don't know what we're going to talk about. God, I miss her, though. I miss, like, positive women in my life. That's not true. Uh, Jen Garcia came by today, and she was really great. Um, so shout out to people who are being cool and supportive. I have a headache because I just can't deal with the Internet anymore. It's just killing me. Facebook is really toxic. And so is my life right now. <laughs> but just personally, like professionally, everything's going great, I think. Just personally, I'm all kinds of messed up. But let's wait. I mean, LaToya might have some, some thoughts for me. Five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio GoFundMe and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end.
I am Italian, and we brought you Fascismus with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey you, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds new skin which is available at analogsubmission.com now go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you once again that's andy talbot's new poetry chapbook old wounds new skin available at analogsubmission.com I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Download a podcast. Have some fun. 
Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. tuned in to the sort of AltaCast. It's actually on Some Call Me Tim. We're waiting for Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth's triumphant call here into the station. Oh, boy. Mm. I, need, I need help. <laughs> I need... I'm... COVID's, COVID's uh, starting to mess with my head. I've been... Uh, very, very lonely. And at the beginning of COVID, I had what I consider to be a really strong group of close friends. And the band is broken up, kids. All right, I got Latoya on the line. There's my girl. There's my girl. Hey, Latoya, how are you doing? Yeah, it's a little windy, but but I gotcha. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm outside, so... Yeah, I could... Blustery day. Is it? Is it a blustery day out there? What's going on in the world? It's busy where I am, and, uh, thank you. So, sorry, guys. I got these new head things in, and I was hoping that you could hear me a little bit better. Oh, I, I can hear you. I, I just, I can also hear the wind. It's, it's almost majestic. The winds of change are upon us, Sheriff of Truth. The winds of change. How is what? Your cat. Oh, Kitty's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. So, um, he has this thing. Boy cats, um, they can get blocked easily. And if they have trouble peeing, you really need to take them into the veterinarian because a blocked boy cat is a life-threatening thing for your buddy. 
so cat, he, my cat had to get surgery. Right, so they yeah. turned the boy's pee-pee into a, into a hoo-hoo. And um, because their little urethra gets inflamed and it's, they can get blocked really easily and, and it doesn't let the pee out and so they have to. So anyways, we're trying to deal with this problem before it, it happens. He has sort of a spastic urethra, I guess. Anyways, he's going to be fine uh, $300 later. <laughs> but I, hey, I love the entire time. I was like, I love you, veterinarian. Thank you so much for taking care of my cat. Like, I, my ex husband was an emergency veterinarian, so I get it. It costs more money, and right now during COVID, like they're making all this safe stuff. You you wait outside, and they take your pet, and it. I know it's like, I understand it. it it's it's something that costs a lot, and I respect veterinarians so much. I wish that we had more insurance for pets or something, but. Anyways, I'll always pay the veterinarian, and I'll never, ever be mad or bitch at them in any way because God bless them for taking care of my child, who I love so much. So how is everything going with you? Uh, well, let's just say uh, now I have to make sure that I have uh, my play grandfather on uh, whose family in Missouri. <sighs> They're in the hospital, not with COVID. It just seems like, luckily, I'm ditching people who have other diseases like cancer and right. heart issues. Right. That's what I'm dealing with. A cancer patient and two of my loved ones that have heart issues. So, wow. Uh, there are other diseases. On. We've been forgetting that there's still all kinds of other things going on out there. It isn't just COVID. There's still... <laughs> There's still yeah. breast cancer. <laughs> There's still heart disease. There's still emphysema. It all still exists, but we've been so focused on the COVID. Yeah, it's, but, I mean, the good thing is we can go outside. Yeah. Well, I have a new theory that is, is based off of other theories that um, the reason why nobody's, like, died in the in the tenderloin is that uh, smoking heroin actually keeps you safe from COVID. No, I, uh, just the, or smoking cigarettes too, smoking pot, because all of the smoke gets in your lungs and and all that tar and all that stuff. It it blocks up your passages so that you can't get the COVID. But um, I don't know. It's a it's a joke. You, yeah, I'm just spreading <laughs> false information. Just everybody should know. Anybody who listens to me in any context has to know that I'm fake news all the time. Like I I just make I mean. You know, I have no, I haven't read anything about it. I'm just, I just think that I smoke a lot and I didn't get it. I mean, I guess I could still get it. I guess anybody could get it. I, you don't, it's, 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 it's kind of like, think of it, this is like the 1980s. Well, I guess that's a bad example. I was going to use AIDS as an example. Right, but, right. But I mean, the thing is, have you been good about social distancing, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, and and That's now I I wear my mask you're like not, all the time. Now. You're not trying to you're not trying to get it. No. So that's what you're avoiding. Well, Uh-oh. Hello? So you've been oh, um you you've been dealing with family health issues and stuff and Yeah, well, that and then like, you know, I'm trying to stay away from the news. Oh, it, it's good. It's getting me anxious. My anxiety is up and my yeah. depression. And yeah. then on top of that, 
this is, I'm not staying for, away from the news today because um, I don't know if you know about Breonna Taylor, right. the grand jury. Uh, it's not good, oh, ladies no. and gentlemen. Are there, is there um, no justice? Of course there's no justice. I know, I know. That's it's sort of a rhetorical question. Uh, I don't have... Well, I, can't, I guess I could look at my phone, but I might get hit by a car. <laughs> uh, but basically, one one officer got charged with basically what it is. Basically, it's just a, a felony misdemeanor. The other cop, basically, now this isn't for, over for murdering her. She she was murdered by cops. Exactly. Yeah, and they're getting a felony misdemeanor. That doesn't make sense. Or a and what they were trying to do. Sorry, guys, it might be loud. I'm not an interception. Uh, fuck this, I'm talking to Hold on, one second. Taking her hey, life into her own hands. Oh. No justice. There's never... I, you know, I'm starting to realize, though, with life in general, that the only people that get... And there, it, there is no justice... And the only people that have access, possible access to it, are people with enough money and enough resources. And then there's no justice there either, because then they buy their, they, they're they're buying their freedom or they're buying their justice. So it's like now we have to be able to afford justice. Like I gotta go to, is there a, is there a Walmart package of justice that I can buy a cheap a cheap justice package? It's always been that game. You know, the yeah. thing is, a lot a lot of people are starting to get wise about it. So the uh, so basically uh, so what we have so far is two one of the cops being charged with basically a ticket uh, for murdering someone, wow. and then the attorney general who is a fucking coon um, is basically trying to pin guilt on uh, the boyfriend, not the ex-boyfriend that they were looking for that was at the wrong address, but the current boyfriend. Who I've said his oh his last name is it, 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 it's it's I'm, I'm blanking on his last name. But basically, I watched part of the press conference with the attorney general and Kentucky, who is a coon. He is a sellout to Uncle Tom. If I ooh, if Clarence Thomas and and Herman King had a son, that'd be that coon right there. <laughs> um, so basically, he was placing blame. And uh, the boyfriend who shot at the police, not knowing that it was the police. Wow. Because, hello, no knock. No knock no, no. They, they, Anytime someone's bum rushing into their place at 12 a.m. at night, yeah. And, but, he has, and he, by the way, he's licensed to care. But exactly. So that's your right. That's defending your home. I mean, but you. But don't worry. Uh, Brother is suing the, the, the police department. I mean, and they he he has to at least case. his they murdered his lady like uh, justice. Yeah, we need justice. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Are there going to be riots, do you think, because of the sentence? Well, so this is what this is what the sign was starting last week. So last week, the family got the 12 million dollar settlement. I believe from the city, not the police department, because you know the union 
they have the they can't apologize or admit wrongdoing in any way basically taxpayers are paying taxpayers put the bill for whatever the police fuck up uh quality immunity that's what it is basically because you can't that's how you are not able to salute us to sue the officer. So right. last week they got the $12 million settlement, which was a sign right there. Like how quickly these people get a settlement without the police being arrested for what they did. Right. Okay, so that was last week. Then early this week on Monday, I was reading stories and reports about uh, them basically uh, uh, walling up uh building guards around, like, the uh, the courthouse and other establishments downtown in Louisville, oh. which was a sign already. They, they boarded up the courthouse. Because they're worried I that there's going to be, the, because they know that the people won't stand for this. Our court system, is, so everything's completely failed now? Like, there's no justice in the courts. There's no what, what is supposed to protect us as American people when <laughs> protect and serve as police officers and then they make mistakes and they they take no responsibility at all and the city has to take responsibility it it just how do those people how do they live with themselves they murdered an innocent woman i believe there is a way that the 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 family can still sue the court the officers individually Huh. The case is not 100% done, that's for sure. I have okay. to do a little bit more research because there wasn't really much of a trial. The police did not get arrested. Wow. There were no charges. This was just a grand jur- jury of trying to charge them. So I believe there still will be uh, some kind of court held. I have, to, again, I have to read my Yeah, there needs to be some what? reciprocity here for the crime that was committed. and or, or we just decide that human lives no longer have any worth. We just go, you know what? Black lives don't matter. Is that what we do? And just go, well, shrug it off. I guess that's the way it is. I don't know. I feel like when things are wrong and we recognize them and we say there's a problem, this is the opportunity for growth and change, but it doesn't seem like that's happening on the on the levels where it should like the legislate the people that are supposed to okay maybe let me put it this way it's really hard for me to swallow that the people that are supposed to protect us are killing us and that we don't have any there's no recipe that we don't have any way to fix it <sighs> anyways i don't even and, and then they there try to demonize the boyfriend it's 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 insane it's like you just admit when you've done something wrong. Is so many, so many things could be avoided if people could start taking responsibility, saying sorry, saying thank you. Just easy things, you know, just what, manners, just respecting human life. Happen, I really hope because even if this does, even if we're not done with this whole case, I really think. I really hope that there will be some kind of other kind of justice mm-hmm. because at this point, if people are taking the law into their own hands, you have that little bastard in Kenosha filed the killer. The little boy. Who decided to, yeah, who decided to take things in his own hands. You have these, I'm not calling them militias, those are terrorists that are coming to protest 
and poking people and threatening people and being violent uh, toward the peaceful protesters. What I'm thinking right now is that in order to get justice, you got to get a little violent. Mm. And at this point, because what those police, if, with those police being off, they can harass that family. They can do whatever they want. Wow, I didn't think of that. To interrogate that family, They're, what they did is putting those those people and even the protesters in harm's way. Because these police are not police. These are these are thugs. These are terrorists. Yeah. They're they're part of a whole. And we and we're supporting them. It, it's it's just another means of systematic racism that we continue supporting. It's when when decisions like this go down, and there is no justice, we just put another brick in the wall of America that says we don't care about people uh but specifically specifically black people but i mean even even all people i would say at this point that our government doesn't care about us like i'm i'm starting to freak out because i still haven't gotten my unemployment money that's six hundred dollars i'm freaking out because my life is literally crumbling around me financially and they're financially and emotionally and in friendships and being disconnected from people like I'm starting to I'm starting to really lose it and even within what I thought was my one of my friend groups that's been destroyed and it's really hard Uh because at a time where like boy do I do I need support I am I am left out in the cold and it's it's hard so I'm I'm finding support in new ways but it all I, I believe in trickle down in this way things are so fucked up right now in so many ways that there's no possible way that I could be chill right now. Like, yeah, I'm hyperbolic. Yeah, I'm lonely. I'm human. I'm flying off the handle. Things are crazy because I don't know what's going to happen. There's so much, there's no security right now in anything, in any of my thoughts, in any of my plans. There is no, there's nothing for me to, be okay with everything is still in turmoil and there's no answers and and that desperation is what breeds violence and you know the fact of the matter that there is no adult yeah there's no adult manning the store there's no one holding accountability responsibility for their actions unfortunately it's when black people do something we have to you know take part responsibility and we have to you know you know grab by the bootstraps and all this drive and what have you yeah. you know when they can't even follow their own rule of law right for example and you know, we, we just lost rg or i know uh, rg but before we get to ruth bader i i want to back up just one thing that you said we don't our current president has has he even addressed what went down today at all that's the thing is in, uh, but in but but does. but the leader that's the problem is when the leadership doesn't acknowledge that there is a huge huge problem with the way that we value that that we still we still 
don't value all Americans equally. And it's in, but we're set up that way, that that's what it's supposed to be based on. And yet when, it, when, the, when, the, when there's no justice and it continues and continues that we show that we don't care about a whole section of our population. And when our president doesn't stand up and say, hey, 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 guys, I get it. Like, here's a problem. Let's, he's just not even acknowledging it, that it's an issue at all. Well, when he does acknowledge it, he says the wrong thing. Right. Then he, actually, I'd rather him say that than some bullshit, you know, for yeah. example, what happened last month in Kenosha, where, you know, he's propping up that little Kyle the Killer as a hero in some aspect. And in one of the interviews, I think the last time we talked, uh, he did an interview on Vault News stating that he's, you know, he's for these ex- extrajudicial killings, wow. basically. He basically gave it a, a green light. Well, and and so, what, a, what about you know, Charlottesville? What, the, he gave Charlottesville a green light by saying there's good people on both sides. Oh, you mean the people that drove into a crowd of people and murdered a bunch of people? There's good people on that side? Are you kidding me? Are you saying that because people, like he's saying that because people support him that they're good people? And it's like, no, they did some fucked up shitty racist shit, bro, and killed some people, and it's time to acknowledge that. But that's who he is. He's actually just telling us who he is. It's the public and those people who, I think actually at this point, people just, people get it. It's, and if they don't care and they're still going to vote and they call themselves not, I'm not a racist. No, you are a white supremacist. You, you co-sign for it. You feel like, you know, uh, you know, I you know, I don't agree with everything he says, but you know, I'm for, I'm in that tax bracket. So you are basically co-signing for white supremacy. And by the way, I mean, I know America doesn't read history very well because we're ignorant and retarded. But I know people have been comparing Nazi Germany constantly over and over, and I'm going to be one of those people that's going to also correlate the size to what's going on right now is actually the start of how Germany fell back in the 30s. And if it comes like, you know, it first comes with like your minorities, the black people, the brown people, the Asians, then it goes to the LGBTQ, then it goes to the women, and then it goes toward anyone who's like handicap or what have you, then it goes liberal, and then it goes to those moderates. So, and those liberals and moderates, those people have money as well. So, I mean... Yeah, and the biggest wealth transfer, the biggest wealth transfer is happening right now, and I'm definitely on the other end of that. It's like, I keep seeing everyone get money and not me, and I'm like, what is going on? How am I supposed to live my life? What is happening? Well, the well, the thing is, it's just like you could have that money. Like you could be like a, a a Hollywood mogul right now, and from the way that things are looking, just because you have that money, it won't protect you to a point. Because hello, they threw 
they threw millionaires away to prison during Nazi Germany. They didn't care. They took their money. <laughs> they took, that's true. <laughs> they took the Jews. They took their art. They took their houses. They took all of their belongings. There were yeah. a bunch of rich Jews living in, in Germany at that time. And the, exactly. they seized uh, all of their stuff. It's the same thing we Brazil did. With, it's the same thing we did to the Japanese during the internment. Yeah, I mean, they don't, I mean, the, the, of course, you know, those wealthy, liberal, moderates, they have a chance to flee before we do, but most people don't flee. Most people stay, but that won't, that won't, I mean, that doesn't, just because you have a lot of zeros in your bank account doesn't mean that you're going to be completely protected from this fascist regime. Right. That means they're in charge of the bank. That means they're in charge of the IRS. That means they can come after you and break you. So it's not just us whole folks out here that are going to be suffering. And it ain't going to be just us poor black folks. We're probably the number one target, yeah. But eventually the domino effect is they will come after you. And they don't care if you do, if you are wealthy, if you do have a name set, they will find something. And they will pin it on you. History repeats itself. This is why Americans need to really fucking read sometimes. Because everything that we're seeing, and it's not just, I'm not not even just going to use Nazi Germany as an example anymore. Anytime that there is a fall of an empire, there's violence, and there's there's, there's death, and there's theft, and there's rape. No one is protected under fascism. That's true too. That's so scary. I'm. I. I am. I gotta tell you, I am really scared for the future right now. I'm. I'm legitimately. I have. I have feelings that I've never had before, and I think that they are anxiety. I think that I've been. Uh, I think I've been experiencing some panic, and it's been yeah. really scary. I've been. I'm like. I'm a. I'm, I'm emotionally. Really f- I'm really fragile right now. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm really, really fragile right now, and. Um, and I, I continue, working, people continue attacking me in my state of fragility and it's hard because it, I mean, I'm feeling, I just want to yell at everybody. Like I need help. I need help. And, and, um, and people are attacking me and pushing me away. And it's hard because everyone's always said, Hey, you need to ask for help. And then when I finally do ask for help, I'm I mean, I'm victimized, and I hate playing the victim. I hate this. But someone literally came into my place and drugged me. Like, they came into my what? home. Well, I got I got roofied the other week at my comedy show. And, well, uh... Have, did we talk about this the last time? No, we didn't. No, we didn't, because I we didn't do last week, I guess. But, yeah, I got, um... I got roofied, and, um... I watched the tape, and then I... I thought it was one person, but it wasn't. And but the thing is that I needed someone to, like, I needed someone to watch the tape kind of with me. I wanted the support of that, and then nobody was was there for that. And then, um, and then I got some people victim blame. There's there's just a lot of stuff going on, and um, just people I used to consider close friends have um, sort of. Did you? I lost you the friendship so you're back anyways anyways it's all just it's all just dumb personal stuff and i and i should learn how to 
get over it. But, you know, like I, I am literally in a space that's needy. Like I need a lot right now because I feel unsafe. I feel insecure about my place in the world and financially and emotionally. And there's all this stuff going on. And in my, in my time of need, I was basically pushed away by the people who I used to consider my closest friends during COVID. And so that makes me angry and hurt and lonely. And, and so, um, you know, it's just, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. Oh, it's, yeah, I know. And it would have been nice for, it's okay, honey. There was a lot of like, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on with that. So I was attacked that way. There was another person who's called me a racist and like divorced my friendship from him. And then, and then continues like doing all of these big group projects that I'm not a part of and all my other old friends are. So all the people who I felt the closest with continue hanging out and being close together, but without me. And so I basically decided to blow up the building and be like, all right, then I'm not giving you anything anymore. Any of you, no, no one gets stage time. None of them. Uh, There's all these other people I can book. I just, I feel, so I feel like I I feel insecure and unsafe around the people I thought were my friends. Then I get attacked in my own place and nobody was there to like defend me that night or help me. Uh, Jonathan came to my rescue. What? Yeah, it was somebody, it had to be someone I, I know. Yeah. So someone I know attacked me basically. And so then I feel like I didn't get the support from my friends and I feel like they're attacking me. And then I got attacked on the internet this week from a comic who just jumped on my page and decided to rip me a new one about nothing and call me unfunny. And then I've got people yelling at me on the internet that I, I'm so needy, stop being so needy. And it's like, I need things. I, I'm, I can't not, I can't not acknowledge my feelings that I feel undervalued. And especially at a time when I have the most value. I'm one of the only people with stage time. And, and one of my songs just got, there's a composer who took one of my poems and made it into a beautiful piano concerto. That's exciting. And I mean, other things, I'm, I'm funny. I'm performing a ton and everything professionally for me, except for money looks really good. And then during that time is when I get attacked. So, and then not to, and then to not have the support from people I consider to my friends is, is hurtful. And, and so that makes me angry. And so I've been lashing out. Well, of course I am. I mean, what else am I supposed to do? Like, I just imagine, imagine that you had seven really close friends and then you had zero of them and then they actively are mean to you. (laughs) Like it feels like high school. And I know COVID's like high school or whatever. And the click broke up and the gang, the, the band, the band is dissolved, but like, I'm just bummed because I'm the one that's, I'm the one with all the good things. Like I'm the one that was, I just hope that they all miss me when they don't, when I don't feed them anymore and I don't give them pot food anymore and I don't give them stage time anymore and I don't give them access to radio time anymore or whatever. I hope that they find another person that they can use or that can simp for them. Because it clearly wasn't friendship. Ah, it's fine. I'm just venting. I'm just sad because I'm lonely. Like, that's pretty much what it is. I'm I'm lonely. 
and it's FOMO. A lot of it is, it's just hard when you see every person that used to be close with doing a project that you're not involved in and they all get to share. So I used to like, that's how you build relationships with people. You either have shared trauma or you have like shared projects. And I used to have projects with a bunch of people and now they all have, they don't want to have me in their projects and they don't want to be part of my, so it's like you don't want to, then you don't get to be a part of any of my projects. So I'm just, if they cut the cord, I'm cutting the cord too. It's okay, I have plenty of people to book. And that's the thing, now I'm one of the only people with of active shows with audience. And and I'm sure other people are gonna be having active shows with audience and my, my, my stock will drop again. But it's just bummer because when my stock is the highest, I'm the least valued. I feel, my stock is higher than it's ever been and I feel less valued less acknowledged and more insecure than ever. And that's weird, because every, you know, anyway, I you're my friend. It's weird. I think, you know, do I, I'm not gonna say any names, but is it who I think it is It's in my all head? of them. It's every single person that I used to be close with, right? Anybody, hey, anybody, you wanna know what it was? Go back and listen. Hey, how about you go back to the podcasts and listen to when I used to have friends? When my friends used to come in here and do and talk with me on the rate, I mean, you call in and I'm not talking about you. You're wonderful. But if you go back to March, April, you'll hear, you'll hear who was here. And even, and, and they just stopped for whatever reason, like whatever toys I had weren't fun to play with anymore. I guess, I guess. I, the people who I'm talking about haven't been on a podcast with me in months. Like they haven't shown up or been a part of my life in any meaningful way, except that, except that I book them on shows and then they show up for the shows. But then even at open mics, I've been completely ignored, like not even said hi to. So it's like you still want stage time, but you don't want to be friendly at all. Like it's hurtful. It's hurtful. It hurt my feelings. My feelings are very, very, very hurt. And and to feel like not respected and not valued and not acknowledged is they're all my triggers and and um and I'm hurt. You feel kind of violated a little yeah, bit. Well, I feel very violated because also I mean I was lit so I've I've been attacked on like three fronts. My friend group on the internet by a jerk comedian and then by somebody roofied me somebody came in here and drugged me and and the thing that makes me the most sad is that my quote-unquote friends didn't even call to ask if I was okay like and then when they finally connect with me about it they basically blame me for a bunch of things and it's like I was victimized and you have no heart. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be the victim. But I was, I was victimized and it, it hurts. And it's awful because it was by someone I know. And like, I, that's never happened to me. Because usually, you know, I just black out and I don't care and I'm drunk. No, but um, like the only time I was almost victimized was when I was almost raped once. But I was so drunk and not that that's an excuse, but. Um, no, no, but they were taking it. They were. How does person? How, how this person come into your house? Not in my house. My house isn't Mutiny Radio. 
oh, oh. It was during a comedy show. So, it was during a show. Yeah. So that's when people, oh. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so that, the, the, the thing is like, all, all I wanted from, I mean, I, it's just hard for me because I used to, there used to be people that I talked to about stuff and that I hung out with and I don't have them anymore. And I was victimized and I didn't get any, like, maybe I wanted a hug or maybe I wanted, you know what, maybe I do want some fucking sympathy because I was victimized. And, and now I'm, and now I'm needy and now I'm irrational. And it's like, I'm irrational because I'm, I'm lonely. I had a support system that's gone now. And you have my support. Thank here, you. By the way. I you know, appreciate you that. You come over my house and get away from it. You're welcome to come over my house. Thank you. It might you. happen to be couch city, but couch city is better than being shitty. Yeah. I just, and that's the thing is, it's just, I think that COVID has taught me now that I have to reevaluate what the word friendship is and what that means. And I have to reevaluate words like support and reevaluate like um, everything because as I can, as people continue to attack me, like it makes me lash out more and more because I feel unsafe. And it's what you said, when you feel unsafe, the reaction is violence. And that's what's happening on a, like, so for me, it's happening on a personal level, but I understand how it could be on a global scale right now. And when, when people are victimized and when they're hurt and when they don't get the justice that they seek, they lash out. And I mean, I'm doing it personally right now. I'm fucking lashing out all over the place. And it's like, because basically what I'm saying is be kind to me. Will someone please be kind to me? And, um, and so I, and so it reads as this very crazy, crazy stuff, but it's because I'm just, I don't think you're lashing out. I don't think you're lashing out at all. Thank you. I just, it's, I, I, it's, there's a lot on the internet today <laughs> with people lashing out at each other. And, um, and it's just so sad because I used to talk to people in person and now I, they won't, you know, anyway, woe is me. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dead. That's a bummer. <laughs> who's going to be, who's going to replace her? Now my abortion jokes really are going to go off, right? Because without RBG holding down the R, the Roe v. Wade. You don't you don't think you don't think the government's coming after my uterus again? With the hysterectomies, with the hysterectomies, uh forced hysterectomies of people on the border. Did you hear about this? That the ICE uh, yeah. forced hysterectomies? What are we with this that's some Nazi Germany shit. That's some youth that's some eugenics. That's I hate to bring, keep oh, bring it back to them, here. but we're we're like we did that here. They did that to us. That's from right. 19, um, from all the way to the 1920s into the 1970s. That's, that's unbelievable. That's uh, eugenics. It's just yeah. awful. Let, I mean, but women yeah, should be able to have the, the, their own volition and their own choice over their bodies. And to take that away from them for any reason is, I mean, and they used to do it. They used to do it to um, the, men, the mentally the handicapped in any way, handicapable. I don't even know what to call oh, yeah. people with special needs. They used to, um, yes. they used to do that to them too and be like, well, we can't let them have, it's like, what? Ouch. 
when when that's it goes back to my same argument when are people people who's a person and who's not who whose inner feelings and motivations and life have value and whose are useless to them to the them whoever them is whether it be our government or whether it be the comedians or whether it be my friend circle <laughs> who has value who has worth and when when why do and when do we decide that somebody doesn't I, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I never trusted some of those motherfuckers that you hung out with. <laughs> yeah, I guess. There is something about that. Now, mind you, I've probably only seen them, like, maybe two of my hands ten times, possibly. Yeah. But there's something about them that was not to be trusted. Well, they're kids. They're all, they're all so young. I don't know. They don't respect they don't, me. It, it, it has nothing to do with age. That, that has something to do with being selfish. That has something to do with who raised you. Mm. That has something to do with, like, you know, just standing up, being a human being. Yeah. Well, they're calling, I, they, I, I they say think. I'm self. It's all me, though. I'm selfish. I'm needy. I have problems. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I do. I do. I, I have. I'm selfish, I'm needy, I have problems. I'm a stand-up comedian for the love of God. Like, yeah. I I don't know. I just and have to start. Don't have problems? I think they got problems. You see someone that's hurt, supposedly that's your friend, right? Yeah. And you see that this is the time to be a friend and you step away. Yeah, that's a problem. And that they only that's step they problem. only they only step up if they're getting stage time. It's like yeah, when that's and you know what? So that. let me put this back on me. I was manipulating people with stage time. Sure, like uh, I'll say, like the the one I I only I booked this one comedian because we used to be friends, and I just wanted to keep seeing him. I wanted to see him. I wanted to be around him. I wanted him to. I wanted to be friends with him again. And the only he wouldn't he stopped hanging out with me in any other context. And so the only way I could do it was to book him on shows. And so, yeah, that was super manipulative of me, but because I wanted to see him. And it's so hard for me. Like, when you pull something away from me, it makes me want it even more. And that's just a thing. It's like, when you when you pull the plug, I'm going to try to keep all the water. <laughs> I'm going to keep pouring water into it. <laughs> like, and so now there's no more bucket. The bucket is destroyed. And I get to play the oh, game. Well, know, I know. Feel that way about you? Like, you know, you say that you were doing this manipulating, but do they? Do they feel that way? Did they know that? Because I don't think they probably had any inkling of an idea that I was manipulating them with stage time. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think they do. I I don't know. It doesn't. It, I don't know I because it. I don't know because they stopped talking to me. They stopped being a friend. Yeah. They stopped communicating so with me and wanting to be around and and all this stuff. And yeah. and it just that's why I don't think it's fair hard. to put this on out on you. I don't think that's fair at all. Well, it's, um, it's, it's it, what it is. Is it's a confluence of events. There's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things in my life breaking right now. And so because because so many so many things are out of control on so many fronts for me and I'm like a control freak and I'm not able to control stuff. It's like, I, I mean, yeah, I feel, I feel sick and I don't know how to feel better. Like, and I don't, 
and I know I'm having anxiety now. I don't want to take drugs for it. Like, I don't want to take, I don't, I mean, I, I'm, it's just, it's, a, I'm, I'm going through a real rough patch where things are really breaking apart and, and I've got to be, I just have to keep being strong and holding it together, I guess. And the thing is like, I just, I have to take care of myself. I have to make sure that I eat and I, I have to make sure that I just take care of my needs first because I, I mean, I've realized no one else is going to do it for me. So, and it isn't anybody else's responsibility. So, but it is hard. It's hard to do it alone. And COVID's really hard because I feel incredibly distanced from people. And the people I felt close to are now distanced. And so now I've got, you know, and I had a, I had a boyfriend for six and a half years. So I had a lot of support there. And I don't, e I don't have that anymore either. Like I have my cats, but I support my cats, you know, like they're fuzzy and nice, but it's not. And I, t I talk to myself so much now. Like, I, I, I talk to, I spend so much time alone and I talk to myself so much. And, and that's making me feel a little crazy too, because like I answer myself. And I don't, I don't know if that's crazy or not. I just think that no. I'm lonely. And, and I, and, but then I have to be empathetic because how many people are having these same feelings and don't, don't know how to express them or have an opportunity to express them or like how many other people have this incredibly distanced, lonely feeling. And like, I don't know, humans were supposed to be connect, connected and it's just, it's really hard right now because I'm not, I'm not connected with the earth because I, I, I live in a city. I'm not connected with humans because of COVID and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid for the future. I'm afraid for my future. And I feel like every day is a fight for, for survival right now. And, and maybe I'm being hyperbolic, but there's, I'm a sensitive person and I'm, I'm feeling the world kind of falling apart a little bit right now. Yeah. So I got to pull my ass together. <laughs> I got to get my shit and put it in a backpack, pack my shit up and, and put the face on. I have well, to, it's going to be okay. Tell you, that, you know, I know we just do our podcast, but I'm reaching out. Thank you. For you, if you do need anything and what have you, because this goes beyond this podcast. And yes, I'm getting personal right now on here. I don't care. Yeah. I, you know, I just want you to be safe and okay. And yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not like, I'm not, I know I'll never be suicidal again because I took DMT and I met the aliens and they tried to take me away and I didn't want to go. And I, like, that was the moment I realized like, no, I'm a survivor. I'm fighting. I'm a fighter. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I'm not going to take myself out of the game, but you know, when I blow up, the shrapnel's going to go everywhere. And if people get hit by the shrapnel, man, you are in the target zone 
and if you would have moved closer to me, given me a hug, you would have gotten hit. Anyway, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be fine. I'm a fighter, and and it's just it's just hard because it it goes back to my original issues of with my family and not feeling appreciated or listened to or that I was ever good enough, and now like all of those feelings come back. Like no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I work, no matter how many shows I produce or how many people I book or how funny I am, I'm still not good enough for people or good enough to be respected or valued or for people to want to spend time with me. So You are good enough. I don't care what you say. Okay. And the hell with those people, dude. I don't, you know... See, this is the time when friends need to be there. Moments like this. And I hate the fact that you're doing this alone. No woman should ever have to be and go through this alone. And no friend should ever, ever leave someone out destitute when they need them the most. Yeah. Friends ain't just about going out and getting drunk and getting high. That's, that's the least thing that friends do. What friends do be there when when people are at need yeah. at a time like this. Ooh. And uh, the other lady's calling. I have a three o'clock person. Her name is Reeve. We're gonna talk about BLM. Oh. She's excited. Oh, she's so she's what? all jazzed up to 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 to, well, to, right. to BLM out. But I I love you so much, and I thank you so much for like listening to me, like. I've I've missed that having friends that uh, that are interested in what's going on in my life and want to listen to me, and I feel like all the time I'm just um, I just I rant at I, I all I do is rant now because I have so much anger inside me because I have so much resentment about feeling not included and so I'm gonna try not to rant anymore. I'm gonna try to just. Be um, chill and ignore. <laughs> Thank you. You whatever you have to do Thank in order you. to heal. And you need to scream and rant. Scream and rant. Thank you. So it's... how what people think and what they think of you. They don't know what you're going through, and they can suck my dick. <laughs> Thank you for respecting my feelings. I just... You hear me, hillbilly boys? You know who I'm talking to. You, you know I'm talking to you. Oh, they don't listen to my podcast. They don't care. They don't want to listen I'll to me. I'll tell you what a real, what a real <laughs> life the is. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. I'm going to pull it together and do this other interview. And I, I appreciate you so much for listening and they're always you always speak you the truth. <sighs> you pulled me out of so many I situations. You, I love you too. You, you, you call me anytime this week. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna All be right. I'm gonna get it together because I've got you know, I've got comedy to do tonight. <laughs> Tomorrow you I have a big sold out show. So I know, but you don't have to rush to get it together. Okay. You do not have to rush that. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I just have to I just have to learn how to you ignore people better. Time. Take my time. I will. Well, I love, love, love you. And I will love talk you to too. you soon. And yay, Latoya Sheriff of Truth. Well, that was emotional. Uh, I have a call coming in from Reeve Noble. Here she is. Reeve Noble. Hi, Reeve Noble. Hi. Hi. What a pleasure to meet you. 
on the you phone, too. called in. <laughs> uh, super excited to have you on. And I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So have you always been interested in radio or are you just a free speech and kind of expression person that you you have a you have a voice you want to get out there or Um I I never really thought about radio but I've always had this personality where it's like you know I'm going to tell you how I feel and I don't really give a shit if you don't like it. All right. Oh, yeah, and you can swear, you can fuck swear okay. on this show. It's okay. no big deal. We're 100% free speech. I obviously okay. shy away from hate speech unless it's about like Republicans, the tre- president, Nazis, cops. But other than that, <laughs> Yeah, because uh, things are crazy right now with the uh, oh, yeah. the handing down of the Brianna stuff. Oh, I know. I'm like, this is why we protest. This is why there's shit going on in the world because Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and we're you know we're systematically uh, not valuing them. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, it's it it's a really it's a really scary, difficult time right now, and I think that free speech is one of the most important things that still exist. Because I'm wondering when they're going to take this away from us, too. I know, right? Because it's like, I... when is when does that when does free speech become a problem with Homeland Security? You know, like because they're going to put it underneath that whole banner yeah. of, yeah, you know, because uh, oh, but, like they've been inciting people have been getting in trouble for inciting riots or for like for protesting stuff. It's just everything's going crazy. But tell tell me what your your big button issues are right now. Obviously, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, and the fact that they want to defund Planned Parenthood, or they're like make abortions illegal. Mm-hmm. Now with RPG being gone, that's we're one step closer yeah. to that. Like that. Oh my gosh. If, I, if you don't have a uterus, you should not be making choices for women. My body, my choice. Get over it. Exactly. It's 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 really why are we? Again, I think it all has about about value. Like we're not valuing women's minds or abilities to make choices for their own lives. Like you don't you don't live my life, bro. And yeah, I I've had I've had a couple abortions, and thank God I can't imagine if I I had my first abortion in 1995, and I would have a 25 year old right now. That's how old I am. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, the only the only regret I have about that abortion really is that I I didn't have the kid cuz right now I could be fucking all of his friends. But um so really a regret there about that abortion. But no, I it would have my life would have been so different. And even yeah. I had one a couple years ago and I would have a I would have like a 6-year-old now. I, I have a 4-year-old. It's crazy. I can't imagine like and during COVID, but like yeah. with I mean, just Im- I can't even imagine having to wake up to take a child to school, because oh, no, I'm I'm terrified of the world that we're leaving. Yeah, I'm terrified. So, yeah, talk about some of your fears. What do you? What's your dystopian future look like for your lovely child? <laughs> I, you know, he's growing up in this town in Hollister. There's a it's full of Trump supporters, and it's full of people who have to think a certain way you have to look a certain way trump supporters in california yeah my town hollister is full of trumpers i call them trump humpers wow um yeah and it's bad um and i'm afraid you know my i'm raising my little boy to be sensitive to the world but i'm afraid 
that he's going to get bullied because I got bullied. Right. I got bullied. For having a learning disability. What was your learning disability? Um, I have dysgraphia. Oh! Is, it's like dyslexia, but for writing. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So I'm afraid that the world he's going to grow up in is not going to be very good. He's going to get bullied for being a sensitive little boy because newsflash, men can show emotion. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? I, yeah, no, I'm going to teach him that crying is okay. Having emotions and feelings. Oh, is okay. God bless you. Oh, that's so <laughs> – no, seriously, because I get – demonized a lot because I, 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 I feel I'm a very, very sensitive person as well. And I feel so things much. really hard and I cry sometimes and it really makes people, especially men uncomfortable. It makes them yeah. so uncomfortable. And I think like, why were we taught that yeah. showing emotion is wrong? Because when I bottle things up, it's literally called bottling up because there's carbonation and it explodes. Like you bottle it up until it explodes. And when you when you don't feel your feelings, suddenly they manifest as what you're allowed to show, which is anger. Like men are yeah. allowed to show violence and anger, but they're not allowed to show emotion, like other Amen emotions. Amen to that. Right? I mean, and another thing too that's kind of taboo, especially for people nowadays, is going to therapy. Oh like, yeah. Ther why is therapy so taboo? Yeah, and why is why is when I'm asking for help? you call me being needy it's like yeah. <laughs> because i sometimes people i I'm, I'm trying to learn to ask for help and it's taken years because i've always been afraid to ask for help because i know that people are going to label me needy and and it yeah. happens every time so i'm like uh it just perpetuates the same thing that i'm trying to dispel yeah <sighs> you're making a wonderful sensitive boy that's so great yes yeah do you let him choose his own clothes yes Good. And I, I we grew up in a household, uh, my sister and I, we're like, you know, my mom and my dad too raised raised us to be like, hey, my my son wants a tutu, my sister will make him one because that's like, don't that's put genders on colors and, and clothing. Right. Yeah. I know a four-year-old, actually he's five now and he's a doll, but he, um sometimes he likes to wear skirts. He just yeah. likes them, whatever. It doesn't, yep. he's a, he's a very boy boy. He's a boy boy. He's not like, mm -hmm. which is fine. I don't, I don't care how kids, I, they're kids. Let the kids identify as yeah. kids. Yeah. So he's a child and he likes to wear skirts sometimes. And I'm like completely down. Of course, who wouldn't be down with it? Like, great. Yeah. But I guess fear is what breeds, you know, when people don't, when they have fear, they go, oh, well, that, it's not supposed to be that way. Well, why is it that way? Instead of responding with like asking questions and being kind, it's like yeah. demonize. They're a freak. He likes yeah, to wear skirts. He's a girl. Ew. Like not, what? They're not being open-minded. They they were yeah. brought up in a way that's like, well, you know, boys wear pants, girls wear skirts, and that's how it is. Right. You can't have pink hair. You can't have purple hair. You can't have a mohawk. It's a very one-size-fits-all model. Right. But nowadays, it's like, no, people are going to be who they are, and you can't change that. I, I hope that's true, but I feel like in Trump's America, they don't want people that express themselves or have – Exactly. That no, identify – I mean, if, if you identify as a mermaid, fucking great. Mm -hmm. Dye your hair purple and blue and 
Wear shimmery yeah. clothes. Call yourself a merman, a mermaid. I don't care. T- tell me what. Tell me what you want me to call you, and I respect yeah. that because that's your. You're put. That's you. Great. You want to be called you. You want to be called them. You want to be a G. You want to be he, her. I don't care. Just tell me. I'm fine with that. But I feel like Trump's America is like, no, you must be cookie cutter. We're, yep. The only thing we believe in is the American dream, and the only thing the American dream in is a man and a woman, and they have two point, they have two children, and they have a dog, and they buy a house, and they get in debt, and they work, 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 work their whole lives, and they get yep. like one vacation a year, and they work, 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 and they yep. make their kids be this way, and they go to church, and they lie, and then they cheat on their spouse, but they never say they do, but they, oh, but I am a Christian, and I am a good person. It's like mm-hmm. this cookie-cutter model of what is success. And they all have to be bleach blonde. And, you know, wear certain things. Yeah, right. no, I get it. Trust me. And, and I feel I like it. places where I grew up in that, too. I, I was raised um, in a really wealthy town. Danville is a super wealthy town in California. And um, I was – I didn't know. I didn't understand that other people weren't raised exactly like me. I didn't – I actually didn't know there were, like, poor people until I was 16. I, I thought I was poor. And I was incredibly wealthy, but because everyone was so rich and the world was, and I look at shows like 90210 and I'm like, that's what my world looks like. Is it, you know, there it is. I, I didn't know that there is like devastation and inequality and that Mm -hmm. I didn't know any of that until I was 16, (laughs) which is so sad. And I feel like it was because of my sheltered Christian Republican upbringing. So, for better, for worse, now I have empathy, I guess. Yeah. But now that I'm poor. So, uh, what, do you, what do you think are the three biggest problems with Trump's America right now? Like, the three, the things oh, that, just God. the three. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm about to think about that. Um, hate would be the first one. Give me a couple examples. I mean. Hate, like, um. For example, you know, Trump, Trump's America is always like, oh, by the Bible, super religious, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, love thy neighbor. But they don't love thy neighbor because their ni- their neighbor could be a gay man. It yeah. could be a lesbian woman. Sure. And they have hate towards them. Right. Like Hobby you, Lobby. You live ex- – oh. Shouldn't have said the words. No, I know. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I know. And when the government <laughs> supported – when they said um, there was something in St. Louis uh, or it was a, a bakery that they're like, yeah, we're not going to serve. We're not going to make wedding cakes for gay people. And it was like, uh, and yeah. the government's like, well, it's your business. You can, you can serve or not serve whoever you want. Yeah. And it's like, but ah. what people don't realize who claim to be Christian. Well, not, this doesn't go to the Christians who are loving and accepting of everyone. This is for the racist, homophobic Christians. Um, who they don't seem to understand what the Bible says. It says, love thy neighbor, love everybody. By you not making a wedding cake for someone's sexuality that has nothing to do with you, that's not what Jesus wanted. Jesus wanted to love. Exactly. If if trans people and gay people and lesbian people were not meant to be put on this earth, do you really think God would have allowed them to be that way? Right. No. Sure. I mean, if you so. believe in God, you believe that his whole creation is perfect and that everything is in his image. 
It's and incredibly flawed. What? But if 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 God, if we are truly made all in God's image, then then He made everybody, and we should be respecting that. that exactly. And that's. But also, it's so weird to me why people get so heated over what someone else is doing with their genitals, like. Oh my like, god! It's yes. a private thing. Why is it anybody's business? If I want to stick, if I want to stick something in my vag, or I want to stick something right. in someone else, or if I want to, right? If I, it's nobody's business. It doesn't matter if I want to have a a dick, or if I want. I mean, yeah. Like actually, this is a this is a fun story. I um, I know a very uh, powerful woman, and she's an amazing human being. And uh, whenever she goes on big photo shoots, she has. Um, she has a half chub that she wears on a strap on so that she like empowers herself with her dick. And I'm just like, I want to get one of these because I don't know. It'll just make, I don't know. The equals to, I don't know. It would just, I just think it would feel right (laughs) sometimes to be like, this is what this is. This is what this feels like. This is what this power is. And there's, I mean, yeah. And it's the same thing with the, the, gender bathrooms like how do you know if someone has what they have in the pants unless you're like a creeper and looking over the stall being exactly. like oh my god you have a penis oh my god you don't why does it matter but why we gotta yuck someone else's yum like yeah but also that it's it's sexual and it's private and that we we exactly. we have this whole we, we make sex about morality or or somehow mm-hmm. Somehow what we choose to do with our genitals is moral or immoral in some way. Yeah. And it's like, how is that your call at all? You don't Exactly. You don't come into my bedroom, you don't see what I'm doing. It's none of your business. So what makes yeah. it the government's business? Yeah. To meddle in it's like you can't tell me what to do with my body like you can't tell me what to do with my genitals. Like back up, back right. out of my cool. Yeah. Exactly. It's the it's the it's the hypocrisy. But then it's like, yeah. what is their what is their overarching goal? And it, is it to control people? Like I feel like making abortions illegal, and especially under this morality clause or whatever. How do you know what's moral? Like, I I have a joke about it that if America would have made me have a child, that I'd have to you know, buy some new tools to drill some holes in my trunk so the baby could breathe while I'm hanging out at the bar, you know, because it's going to be in the trunk. I can't afford a nanny. Come on. I'm not going to stop drinking. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there, there's a reason why I, I didn't have kids, and it's that I love alcohol, and I made a really important choice to not to not force myself to raise a child where I knew that I would be incredibly irresponsible. Like, you know, I don't – that's a good thing and and conservative christians can be like oh well you can put it up for adoption what if this person doesn't want to be pregnant or carry the child yeah exactly that's that's the thing i know people in my personal life who are like that and you know what do you not everyone is meant to have kids not everyone wants kids exactly and that is a personal choice exactly no one else is going to tell me what i can and can't do like people ask me they're like so are you gonna have another kid uh, no, not right now. I'm. I can barely raise this one sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he's a lot, but I love him. But it's just like stop asking people 
when they're going to have kids. It's not, I might have a kid when I feel like I'm going to have another kid. Like, right. But it's, uh, well, it's the expect, it's the societal expectation upon, I guess, maybe women or, I, it's just it's just a good thing that I did. I, I thank you for respecting and understanding that not everybody has to have kids, and and it's just. But it's funny to me too. With the, the, we're so polarized in our nation, and abortion is one of those big issues that we're polarized over. And now with RBG being gone and a new appointee yeah. happening, and if forty five gets to appoint someone new, he Roe v. Wade could be overturned, and that would be incredibly scary. And it would be a human rights issue that would affect. All the women, but yep. it's it's so hard for me because I stand on one side and I say it's immoral to not let somebody have the choice of whether to have a child or not. And on their side, they believe it just as fervently and just as deeply that having abortions is murder and is immoral and is something that they have to stand up for and stop. And so it's so hard for me to wrap my brain sometimes around the concept that my truth is real and their truth is real and they are diametrically opposed to one another. And yet we have to find a way to coexist in this country or are we just, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to jail people that try to get abortions? What are you going to do? Are you going to like, and isn't, doesn't that become immoral taking away someone's life volition abilities well, clearly not with all the kids in cages oh my god the kids in, and the forced sterilizations oh, oh my god man what are we doing like what is america doing right now and how do we stop it like do you have any ideas on how to stop it <laughs> get better people in the electoral college and vote, vote clearly vote vote, vote yeah liberal democrat don't vote republican I saw this thing on Facebook that said, if you know someone who is gay, trans, or lesbian, or part of LGBTQ+, um, and you're voting for Trump, it should be considered a hate crime. Yeah. Sure. I agree with that. So. Yeah. They're a whole it's – a, it's a whole percentage of our population that's being mm-hmm. – like, that has been uh, – Stereo- stig- stigmatized for no reason. <laughs> They're people. We're people. We're all people. And yeah. what people choose to do, I, God, it, 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 it incenses me. It makes me just so angry, the closed-mindedness. But then, I, but then I'm like, maybe sometimes I'm the closed-minded one too, but I can't, I can't open my brain to the possibility anymore of like bigotry. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, we're the laughing stock of the world. People look at America and be like, "Wow, y'all are a bunch of idiots." Yeah. Well, and, and what we're doing to our education system—they're—they're um, oh, yeah. they're changing yeah. the uh, the history curriculum again. And uh, of course they are. To—it's to, just—it's—it's it's sad uh, what what we learn. It's what I learned when I was younger that. Columbus was good and manifest destiny is real and the Indians man they just they didn't want that they just gave up their that was our right that was our land uh excuse me like just yeah. that our entire country is is built on the backs of those that okay. we've oppressed yeah and that we're not acknowledging it and then we wonder now why 
the Black Lives Matter movement is so, so Black Lives Matter movement is so important. Yeah, like, like America is built on stolen land, yeah. and so when someone with a white person, mainly a white Trumper, is like, "Go back to your country," it's like, "I'll go back to mine when you go back to yours," which is the same place, really, because we all came from Europe and like Spain. So I'll leave when you leave. How about that? Yeah, right. Because neither one of us actually belong here. And by the way, the U.S. doesn't have an official language, so goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's the it's that's terrible. What we, how we built the country on the backs of other people, and that mm-hmm. we and when you don't acknowledge it, and we don't say that there's been a subjugation that's been happening for years, and that there's systematic racism in our in our system, and when we don't acknowledge that. It's so disrespectful because it's saying it really is. it's like it's when you work. They did the the White House was built by black people. Like yeah. when you've done the work and you don't get acknowledged for the power and and what you've done, just mm-hmm. that that lack of acknowledgement. Even for a while, black people weren't even people, right? And then they were two thirds yeah, a person. Well, what would he do now? They're two thirds a person, and and then it, it was only like. 70 years ago with the civil yeah. rights movement. It wasn't yeah. that, not even 70, I mean, since it started, but it wasn't even that long ago. Mm-mm. And when we now don't give a nod and acknowledge what happened, it's, it's so, of course there's anger, of course there's violence. How do you not rise up against your oppressor when you're constantly being oppressed and they don't even acknowledge that they're oppressing you? They're like, no, no, right. no. You aren't oppressed. You're fine. You're fine. You're not allowed to feel your feelings. Like yeah. Martin Luther King said, rioting is is the voice of the unheard. Yeah. Because it, did, you you fill a bucket so much with water, at some point it's going to overflow, and black people are tired of it, of being oppressed, and they're rising up, and of course they're making their voice heard, but of course now. White people don't like it because it's like, oh, we can't oppress them because they're using their voices to be like, we don't like this. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. Help, help. I'm being oppressed. Look at the violence inherent in the system. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's that, but that our government, our, at the highest levels of our like administration, they're not acknowledging what we've done. I, I really can't wait for there to be a president that says, hey, another big official apology for uh, the Japanese internment, for, for what we're doing, for, for the systematic, systematic killing of uh, black people by cops, for uh, what we've done, what we've done to women, <laughs> for the Japanese internment, for what we did to the Chinese when they built the railroads. I, I mean, that's some of the craziest stuff is that the, the Chinese came over to build the railroads because they didn't pay them as much. And then sometimes they would do this terrible thing where they'd be blowing up a bi- uh, to make a tunnel through in a mountain, right? And then they'd mm-hmm. just blow them up in the mountains. So they wouldn't have to pay them. Oops, it was an accident. Uh, so that and then with the, what we did to the Native Americans a million a billion times we moved them first we took their land then we moved them here then we moved them there then we moved but it's like ah but when when do we acknowledge and take responsibility for yeah. how our nation was built and why are we having the problems we have today 
Of course, because oh. we've systematically oppressed so many people, and the oppressed, the the ninety nine percent can only take so long. Mm-hmm. Like, how and hard do I we have to know, sip? I want to know when was America great? <laughs> yeah. Was it great during the Civil War? Was it great during when slaves were, you know, mm-hmm. shipped over here from Africa by mm-hmm. white people? Because mm-hmm. white people are too fucking lazy to do their own goddamn building. But I, well, free labor is, is the key to capitalism. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah. capitalism is so – and here, this is the crazy thing. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, Abe Lincoln, he was such a great guy. But <laughs> Abe Lincoln didn't free the slaves – because he's no. humanitarian. It's because the people in the North were pissed at the people in the South because the people in the South had free labor. And the people in the North are like, we have to pay for our labor. Wait a minute. This is not fair because they can make more money and they're more in, they, they're in, they have bigger industry because they have free labor. And that's a fucked up thing. And then Abraham yeah. Lincoln was like, well, I guess you're right. We'll make it equal. We'll free the slaves. It, it, wow. wasn't, it wasn't about like all people are created equal and i have a huge heart and have realized that these people are literally enslaved and that they're people yeah, yeah. it was it was like a mo- it was monetary concerns that, that george washington was great and whatnot but he was a slave owner yeah yeah a lot of people don't know that he was one of the first slave owners and like why do we have a washington george washington day like the, ver- yeah. the very You're first – Because this America is celebrating racism and slave owners. Yeah. Apparently. Well, um, <laughs> Ben Franklin, a lot of people are, are big Ben Franklin fans. And uh, mm-hmm. the very first uh, – in, in, in a magazine, it was the very first um, ad that was taken out in a magazine. It was like in was, – was by – I'm trying to remember the year, but I don't. But it was taken out by Benjamin Franklin – and he was looking for the whereabouts of a runaway slave. And that was the very first magazine-like ad. I just think yeah. that's crazy. And that we're like, Ben Franklin, he's the best. He owns slaves too. Yeah. It's, and, that, and where is that in the history book? Exactly. That says, hey – like, now we believe that slavery is wrong. Well, do we? Because we actually kind of – there's a lot of wage enslavement here in the United States through the banks. And mm-hmm. what we do to other countries when we move – like, every pair of jeans from Old Navy is made by some Bangladeshi woman who gets, like, 10 cents a day. I'm being hyperbolic. It's probably maybe a dollar a day. But is, is that not – I mean, I guess they're getting paid a little, but is that not – enslavement in some sort or that we knew if we had Americans with real skills that were sewing pants we'd you know they pants would be super expensive (laughs) because it's just it's cheap labor it's it's slavery is all about capitalism too it's just like kind of like how Trump is like oh everything I own is made in the USA and then you look and it's like made in China yeah, oh, well, we know he's a liar. We know that yeah. he's we know that he's a, a massive pile of dog shit. Brilliant. I have a theory. This is my thing. I, I feel like we could get rid of him. Um, you're not allowed to say. I mean, it's illegal to say that you're going to kill the president, and I would never say that. But I feel like I'd like to start a campaign 
where every single person on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the same time, we all ask our president to kill himself. And he is such a narcissistic sociopath, you know, that Mm -hmm. that would really affect him, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not saying that I'm going to kill the president. I would never do that. I wouldn't kill anybody. I don't want, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like death. I don't, I don't like it. It's bad. I don't, I don't understand war. I I never, I never want to, I could never, I could never kill a person. I just couldn't, I don't understand how that can even be a thing. But. That's why I didn't understand when we went overseas. For me personally, I think America is the biggest terrorist group. Um, I don't know. Sure, you could. I mean, we we stick our nose in places that it shouldn't be. International. If it doesn't have any direct effect on us, why are we sticking our nose in it? Hmm. Well, I mean, the whole Serbia thing, Kosovo and Serbia and all of that, where we jumped in. I mean, there was when there's like a systematic killing. I'm like, but also I liked Clinton, so. And I don't really know what happened with Milosevic and all that stuff. I don't know. I That was it was like the we we stuck our we we jumped in when there was a huge genocide and in well, yeah, the that, that's 90s. Well, yeah, that that's what I'm talking about. Like if people come to us and they're like, "Yo, you know, we want to be allies. We want your help." That's one thing, but just going I just I don't understand war. You're you're an, you're an you're an isolationist. It's uh well I'm even smaller than an isolationist in that I think that so I don't like capitalism. I don't like the way that it works. I don't like the way that it enslaves people. I don't like there's so many items and things we don't need. I hate smartphones. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on a I'm on a strange tangent. But um I think that the only way to save ourselves going forward is to rely on communism. But first, let me do my caveat. Communism doesn't work on a large scale. I only think that communism works with groups of 50 or smaller. Because in order for communism to be effective, you have to care about the people that are around you. And to care about people, you kind of have to know their first and last names. And I feel like groups of more than 50, you start to not know people in your group. But if we had small enclaves of 50 people or less, and you had your, and you know, you, you all work together and you have your farmers and you have your be- bread baker and you've got your person who's doing the child and you all work together to, to form a very small but very functioning society where everyone's listening to each other. Like that's how communism can work. And then it becomes small groups com- being, you know, friendly with other groups. Like just, uh, I just would hope that it wouldn't turn back into capitalism, <laughs> you know, because. Yeah. yeah. But that's my dream. My dream is that the world breaks up into groups of 50 and it's an extended large family where people are taking care of themselves and they have, they, they communally work with resources. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You think that's crazy? No. Utopian socialism? No, I don't think it's crazy. What what would your what would how would you fix it? What would your be your like kind of governmental dream 
your leadership? <laughs> my my governmental dream and leadership would be kind of like my mom always says there's a difference between a boss and a leader. A boss tells you what to do and is like, you're doing this wrong. You need to do this. Whereas a leader is like, can you please do this? You know, I'll, I'll kind of show you the ropes. So for me, I would want an actual leader in this country mm. who is not trying to take away women's rights, yeah. but understands like they can have their opinion. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but they can have their opinion on abortion. It's like, yes, abortion is wrong to me, maybe because of my religious views or whatever, but I'm not going to push that rhetoric on the entire country. Right. I'm not going to try and make it illegal because I don't like it. There's a lot of things I don't like that I don't push on people. Yeah. You know, and, and, Healthcare, free healthcare. Oh my gosh! Especially like, okay, <sighs> I'm I, on Medi-Cal. Without my Medi-Cal, so I. I'd be dead in so the water. I. It's great. Medi-Cal's great. So am I. And yeah. you know, there I've been on it for a while, but it's like, it. I. I want free healthcare. I don't want people to look at me and be like, "Oh, well, you're a white woman. Why are you on Medi-Cal? Mm. Why do you need it? You know, aren't you like do you?" wealthy and whatnot it's like i can't afford healthcare. okay no. like don't it is it is insane how i just don't understand how we don't have health care for all because yeah. if we gave people access to preventative medicine we wouldn't have so many issues later on like no, and it's the same thing it's, it's education really it's like yeah and our food yeah. sources, and I, I feel like for so many years, we've been keeping our people sick with the food that we give them access to. Like, any, the, fat, fat, do, the dollar menu, th this is the crazy thing, right? Let's yeah. say you're, you're a mom, money's yep. tight. Let's say you had yep. three kids, right? And you've got 10 bucks. Are you going to spend your 10 bucks going to the store, coming home after work, making dinner for your kids, it takes forever, they're totally starving, or are you going to jump into McDonald's and there's it's the dollar menu, you can get 10 items, you can get 10 things, everyone can eat right now, getting it done, Like, but it's not real food, it just makes you sick over time, but that that's what we give people ubiquitous access to, is stuff that makes them sick instead of cuz a lot of people don't even know how to cook like no one would a lot of people wouldn't know if they had 10 dollars in a, in a grocery store how to feed four people a, a recipe that i like to make came into my head when you said 10 dollars in the store yeah what is it share the code uh i don't know if my sorry mom about sharing this but she got it from a family friend now it's going to be on the radio um it's called sticky chicken so you get boneless skinless chicken breast you get um, apricot jam or preserves or any type of jam that you choose. Um, I hear pomegranate's good. And then you get that like Lipton onion soup mix. Oh. And you mix the apricot and the soup together. And then you put it on like a spread, um, like all over the chicken, like you marinate it. And then you stick it in the oven for half an hour. And it is the best thing. It's cheap, it's quick, and my son loves it. That's and great. I it with rice sometimes. Oh my god. Yeah, and rice is cheap. That's great. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, that's what I would get for cause the chicken's the most expensive thing. But yeah. other than that, well, and you could you don't have to get you don't have to get the the um the breasts. You could get um, mm -hmm. thighs are usually really cheap. I mean they're dark meat, but and it, if you take the time to debone them, 
then yeah, they're you cheaper. Yeah, you get like the the little um, breast fillets or like the the chicken tenders yeah. that they have. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be chicken breast. That's just what I. Yeah. No. That's thank that. you. That's a great. That's a great tip. I have a one I like to do. Um, I always have frozen peas in the uh, fridge because I like to stir them into the rice because then you have like, so you make the rice. And mm-hmm. you, when you fluff it up, you just throw a bunch of peas in it and then fluff it up and then stick it. And then your, your vegetable's already there. So you don't even have to make huh. a separate vegetable. I'll have to try that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frozen peas. And kids will eat them. I have a I, – I used to nanny for a lot of children, and so I've cooked for a lot of small children that are picky eaters. And I, I've learned how to hide vegetables really, really well. This is one of my tricks. Okay. You take zucchini. And you cut it into tiny ribbons. So you or you can use you use like a vegetable peeler to make like basically zucchini pasta, and then you use pasta and the zucchini pasta, and they can't they eat both of them together, especially if it's like a thick pasta, and they don't even know that they're eating vegetables, and they're like this is neat these are I'm like they're they're noodles, and they they'll believe it because they're children. Uh, so I've done that to sneak things in, and then I've also used. Um, a lot of like mashed sweet potatoes and mashed carrots into mashed potatoes mm-hmm. because you get like more vegetable-y goodness in there and they don't they're like oh mashed potatoes butter yummy yay and so i'm i'm incredibly uh thankful that my son is not a picky eater Ooh, good like we grew carrots in our backyard and he went and he picked them and then we had them with salmon wow. and he ate it all <gasps> he eats salmon yeah wow You've got a good Salmon, one. Salmon, carrot. Dang. Um, he'll eat. Uh, he'll eat like kale salad with my mom. He'll eat fruit parfaits. I'm like, bro, you're four. <laughs> I like that you call your son bro. That's very funny, dude. Bro, you're four. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the best thing about being a mom? Um. Hmm. There's so many. That's the best thing I could possibly hear. There's so many. Probably when you've had a bad day at work and you come home and your little sees you and they're like, Mommy, I've missed you so much. Oh, God, you're going to make me cry. That's so sweet. Um, and mine won't come over. He'll just come over randomly and be like, Mommy, I love you. And then kiss my (gasps) hand or my arm or something. Oh, my God. And then watching them sleep. Like, that sounds really creepy. Normally it is. But when you have a kid and they're sleeping, you're just like, I made I made that. And oh. you're so cute. Uh, is it really creepy to watch someone sleep? I've watched people sleep before. That's creepy. That's kind of creepy. I've, creepy. I've heard it's creepy. I don't know. I don't know if it's creepy, I'm, but I've heard it's creepy. I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of a creep. <laughs> I am. I'm an old lady creep. But, you know, I'm to yeah. each his own. It's really, that's really amazing that you, like, are super into, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, in another life, I might have had a kid. I, I always kind of thought that I would eventually wind up with a kid, but... Mm-hmm. It's just I think that I'm the only kid that can be in my life, and what I love kids and I and I kids love me, but I've always been a nanny because they pay you to hang out with them, and yeah. for me like 
And people have always said, oh, you're so great with kids and you're such a good nanny. And I'm like, well, I better be. People are paying me for it. It's like my job. I yeah. take great pride there's, in it. There's also those people who are like, could be really good with other people's kids. Yeah. But then might not want kids. Cause like, I can't give this kid back to anybody when the parent comes home from work. Exactly. Like, like this is my kid. Right. Which I also understand. So. Do you get a lot of support from your, from grandparents? Yes, I live with my mom and my stepdad, and awesome. and he's my first and only grandbaby, and they're just over the moon in love with each other. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Yay! So. It's yeah. I mean, so are you scared? I mean, for the you you have a son, and he got him right at the beginning of Trump. What what I mean, what did that feel like? Were you just, I mean, obviously hopeful about your son and for, his life and how wonderful, but th- th- what does the are you nervous about what the future brings? And for 2016, that was that was a hard year for me because I had lost four people, oh. including my dad. Oh. Ten days before my son was born. Oh my God. And I had lived with him because I was the victim of domestic violence and whatnot, and blah blah blah. Um. And that's why I'm so empathetic to people. So I didn't, for a year, I didn't really know what was going on because everything happened. I had lost my grandma, my dad, and then um, my grandpa right after Christmas. So I lost three people oh. and two dogs. And oh, right my God. There, I had a baby. <gasps> oh. So I was kind of out of touch with reality for a while because I was grieving. So much All grief. these three people. And the dogs. dogs. I'm sorry. I'm I'm honoring your dogs' lives. They are important too. And and yeah. losing as a person who has pets and not children, mm-hmm. they are my children and mm-hmm. uh, my pets. And if it's it is so hard. It's a loss. It's a grief. It's yeah. I mean it's not. I mean they're not a person, but they're yeah. a companion and a big part of your life. So yeah. that's so much loss. Okay. So and then your son is born. And my son was born, and then. I lost my grandpa, and it was just, I was grieving. I was dealing with just stuff. I was dealing with postpartum depression. I was dealing with being a new mom and grieving and having all these emotions. So I don't really remember the first year. Wow. But after that, I think once I kind of realized there was a point that I had realized this is going from a kind of semi-okay country to an absolute fucking shit show. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't want... I can raise my son however I want to raise him, but the world is not going to be nice to him, especially if we have Trump again, because it's going to be like, you can grab him by the pussy if you want to, and you can mock disabled pe- people, which pisses me. Right. Me the fuck off. Um, and yeah, he's done that. He's mocked disabled people, which we keep forgetting. Oh, I know. And men and little boys, well, little boys right now who grow up to men, hopefully don't forget their morals that their parents taught them, but will grow up knowing that that's okay. That's like someone when you're a kid saying, oh, if this guy hits you, it means he likes you. Uh, no, the fuck it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. They're assholes who want to hit women right they're predators (laughs) and 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 with all that jeffrey epstein stuff that just sort of disappeared like we were all up in arms about it for a minute and all of a sudden all Mm -hmm. of it just went poof 
And it's yep. like, so are we forgetting that like the most influential people in our politics and in our in the, the big circles of money that they just get to abuse little girls? Is that that's yeah. okay now? That's fine. We we're, we're okay with it. That's like, kind of like when when the whole Black Lives Matter thing came and everyone was up in arms about it and and it was all over Facebook and then it just kind of disappeared. It's like, no, Black Lives Matter and the killing of Breonna Taylor and Tamir Rice and all of that, that's still relevant even if it's not posted daily on your Facebook. Like, we're still fighting, especially with RBG being gone now. Yeah. Who are they going to – what what jack-off are they going to replace her with? It be- Honestly, it, yeah. it has There's to be no a woman. Man. It has to be a woman. It has to I'm be. I'm scared to find out. I mean, I just, uh, it's so scary. I, the thing that's the scariest for me is that uh, there are no answers right now, and there's no yeah. one in leadership giving me any answers or any hope. So I'm feeling scared and out of control and and when I feel unpredictable because I don't know what's going to happen and unpredictable behavior is is just the scariest thing so and 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 all of us are feeling unpredictable I realized very quickly about the time that I realized this country's going to shit that I'm so glad I didn't have a girl because she would have a hell of a time growing up in Trump's America yeah I I don't think I I'm glad, I mean, I'm, I'm already over the hill, so I'm glad I'm on that. This is, this is your problem now. I'm like, I'm like, what do I do? Every day, every day is a gift. Just raise them the best that you can with what you were taught pre-Trump's America. Sure. And just hope that they take it through life, you know, and yeah, the world. I want to move to Mexico or Spain. I want to get out of this country. I want to move to Canada. Yeah. It's cold though. I I mean Vancouver would be nice. BC. I like British Columbia. Yeah. But I can't. I just I don't I don't know what's going to happen and I'm so scared. I know. Well, Reeve, we have about we have 5 minutes left. What other gems do you want to drop on us here? Uh, hmm. You can always I might like, give me more cooking tips. No, I'm excited. I actually have uh apricot jam at home and I'm going to I'm gonna try. Did you that. write it down? <laughs> oh no, I, I'll remember. Just apricot jam, okay. Lipton's soup yeah. mix, chicken. Yeah. Um, bake. I don't know. Well, uh, let's see. What's the in the in the landscape of Hollister? What can people do to help support the Black Lives Matter movement? Besides putting a sign on their lawn. Actually, let me ask this. In Hollister, if you put a BLM sign on your lawn, are you going to get, are people going to get all freaked out about it? Well, I mean, I wore a Black Lives Matter shirt to Target yesterday, and oh, there was a you. guy trying to recall Newsom, but also trying to stop the ban on uh, tobacco products. Huh. And I'm like, oh, so you a Republican. Okay. Um, and he walked up to me and he saw my shirt and he kind of looked at me like, oh, fuck. Uh, and then he walked over to me and I said, no, I don't want to sign your petition. Cigarettes killed my father. Goodbye. Oh. So it's wow. that type of mentality. Like they they had a had a memorial service for Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. And it was 
there was maybe maybe 50 people sparsely attended that was it yeah most most people are trumpers and yeah, yeah. like I, I had to go to watsonville as well yesterday and i'm like Hollister is one thing because people like I know people there, but I like I don't want to get jumped in the ghetto of Watsonville wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. Wow. So like I felt like going to Planned Parenthood and standing up by the protester and just being like, look at my shirt. This is how I feel. Fuck you and your protest and your yeah. life. How how are you going to be pro-life? When there's fucking kids locked in cages because of someone you voted for. That's absolutely that's a- absolutely valid point. Also, you're not pro life. You're pro control of women's bodies. Absolutely. Because what happens? Like, are you gonna help pay for the baby after it's born? Right. Are you gonna pay for diapers? Are you gonna pay for formula? Are you gonna pay the hospital bill? No, you're not. You're just perf- you're just concerned when the baby is in the womb so shut the fuck up yeah are they going to pay for college i mean it exactly. it's, it's alive forever for, it's around yeah. forever but also so. it has to do when it's a man who's doing it it bothers me i was walking down the street i was walking on market street before covid and uh just minding my own business i was around by third street downtown and there were some pro-lifers with signs and a seven-year-old ish boy walked up to me and handed me a pamphlet and said, I hope you don't kill babies, or something like that. And I looked at him, and I looked at the parents standing behind them, all chuffed and excited that their son had done something, you know? And I looked at them, and I said, you're a bad parent. You're a terrible, terrible parent. You get your seven-year-old to come up to a woman and tell her about killing babies? What is wrong with you? It's a boy. You're basically teaching a boy to have no respect for women or their choices. How dare you? Bad parenting. It it bothers me because I had a health condition when I was pregnant that I didn't know about. And I'm just like, like, why is it your business? It's not your baby. Get out of my uterus. Shut up. Yeah, get out of my uterus. Why is the Supreme Court still inside my uterus? It hurts. That's why I thought I had really bad period cramps the other day. But no, it was just the entire Supreme Court still in my uterus making choices (laughs) for me. Like, I can't do it myself. No, I I know what's up. Oh, Reeve, you're such a pleasure to talk to. Reeve Noble, everyone, calling in from Hollister, giving us cool updates about life and how to change the United States, make America great again. Sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make it make it just love again. Yeah. Make like, America love again. Or or just come together and yeah. stop yeah. fighting the fucking country. Because people are doing shit you don't like. People yeah. do drive, people don't know how to drive. All the time. They do shit I don't like. You don't hear me standing out there being like, We call cars because people don't know how to drive. Right. That's Take funny. Your That's good. People don't know how to drive. No, shut up. Go away. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today on the show. I've really Thanks enjoyed you. Me. And uh, this has been. Uh, I've, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I've had at the first hour we had Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, and we followed up with some more truth from Reeve Noble. So, uh, hey.
don't be a stranger. And hey, at Mutiny Radio, at Mutiny Radio people, it's great to have you. And I always check out that GoFundMe we've got going. And if you ever want to be really cool, uh, go to our Venmo and just give me some money at Mutiny Radio. You can uh, like our Instagram too, Mutiny Radio SF. You know, give me a call for 1-555-0051. Not now, because this show's over. But this was a lot of fun. This was really emotional day for me today. It's a beautiful day outside too. Uh, I hope that you join us. Well, you can't join us tomorrow at Asiento because it's sold out. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. 
Choke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October first don't let anyone sing despite of their size please please go donate to our gofundme go to mutinyradio.fm and click that gofundme button or just go to venmo mutiny radio all one word just mutiny radio give us five bucks Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian. And we brought you fascismus with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey you, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... The 
let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Download a pop.